to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winners. Our next guest is the NFL's 11th all-time leading rusher, a second-time Hall of Fame semifinalist who's looking to make his first trip to the finals. Edrin James won two NFL rushing titles for the Indianapolis Colts and rushed for 1,500 yards four times in his career. He was as fast as back in NFL history to gain 3,000 yards, 4,000 yards, 5,000 yards, 6,000, 9,000, 10,000, 11,000. I think you get the idea. Get the idea. Edrin James was special, and what he did with the football under his arm was special. And now he's here with us today to talk about his career, and this will be special. Edge, welcome to the show. Hey, how y'all doing, man? Thanks for having me on. You got it. it. Hey, Edge, every back in the top 14 on the NFL's all-time rushing list is in the Hall of Fame except two, you and LaDainian Talmadson. And Talmadson's not eligible yet. So what's the holdup? What's your definition of a Hall of Fame running back? Well, I think the, the running back position, you know, when, you, when you're brought into the game and you're asked to, to play running back, you're asked to do three things, three major things, and it's to be able to run the ball, to be able to catch the ball, and to also be able to block. And nowadays, for some reason, they, they just downplaying the significance of all the blocking that's been done. And me, I took pride in doing all three things. You know, I wasn't a player that was – you know, that would just end there to run the ball or just catch the ball. You know, I stayed out there to do the other part that's that's not really highlighted. And to be a to be a Hall of Fame running back, you got to be able to do all three of those things. And also off the field, you got to be able to carry yourself a certain way and represent. You know, the NFL, and that's one thing that I've always tried to do, and I've always made sure that I was aware of. You know, to be a Hall of Fame back, those are the things that I think is very important. Uh, you became Indy's uh, all-time leading rusher during the seven years you were there, but you never went to the Super Bowl. And then you left in your eighth season to uh, sign a free agency with the Cardinals, and boom, the Colts go to the Super Bowl. In, in hindsight, how much would you have liked to have spent your, your entire career uh, in Indianapolis and played in that championship season? Was that hard for you? No, it really wasn't hard, you know, because you under, when, you, when you come into this game, you understand the business, and you understand the NFL. You know, so there's really no hard feelings. You know, I have a great relationship with the Colts. I'm once a Colt, always a Colt, and I have a, a tremendous respect for the owner and the organization so I'm always tied to the organization and as far as the championship you know I understand that we was right we was right there so I knew there was a there was a good chance of them getting to the Super Bowl and as a team player and as a coach you know the first thing that I did to help was as soon as they drafted Joseph Adai you know I made sure I kind of sped him up as far as learning anything he needed to know as far as the offense to kind of help the team because for me, you know, I understand the organization, and I love the organization, so I'm always going to take pride in helping any way I can. Even if I wasn't there, you know, I was there somewhat. Hey, Edge, the organization loves you, too. They gave you a Super Bowl ring, didn't they? Yeah, they gave me one, and, um, you know, I appreciate it, and I, I always keep that near and dear. <laughs> Where is that, near and dear? Do you wear it, or is it in a showcase someplace? That's why I didn't say the location. <laughs> you don't trust us. <laughs> You're smart right, guy. <laughs> smart man. We're with a smart man. Hall of Fame semifinalist Edger and James and Edge. You had a couple 1,000-yard seasons for the Cardinals. Uh, you even made it to a Super Bowl with them in 2008. You spent the bulk of your career with a couple of special guys, and those are Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. Peyton Manning, then you go to Arizona, Kurt Warner. And Kurt Warner is also a Hall of Fame semifinalist. Can you compare the two for us? Well, they're both great guys. You know, as quarterbacks, they both love to throw the ball, you know. So it's, it's one thing that 
that you get to know your quarterback a lot when you're the running back because you're you know you have to do a lot of protecting them also, and then you have to get up there and you got to fight for the ball because you know the quarterbacks they they love to put the ball down the field, and both of them are great guys and and the team players and the, and the amount of work that I see both of those guys put in into the game. You know, it doesn't come a surprise to see the success they've had and for them to be going into the Hall of Fame. You know, so as far as comparing the two, you know, it, uh, it, it was two different types of offenses. You know, Peyton was more, it was a more carry out your fake, detailed, you know, run, pass, balance. You know, and then out in Arizona, you know, it was two different systems. And, and the second year, you know, with the second staff, you know, we kind of, favorite um Kurt the way he liked to you know when he was with the Rams and you know he liked to throw those quick passes and and so it's there it's a lot of similarities but it's kind of different also but at the end of the day the results pretty much the same. And in that 1999 draft all the hype was about Ricky Williams and his Heisman trophy. Did you feel you were being shortchanged in the draft process and when did you find out you were going to be drafted ahead of him? But that, that process, it kind of reminds me of how everything goes in my life. You know, it's like, you know, at first, you know, they kind of don't pay attention to things and they really don't get into the details. It's just like with this Hall of Fame thing. When you break everything down and you look into everything, you'll, look, you'll, you'll realize, you know what, this guy deserves. And that's what happened during that draft time. You know, you know it wasn't a thing that was highlighted, you know, because all of the University of Miami, we was, we, was under, we, was, we was just coming out of those sanctions. And, you know, so we was below the radar. And then once the coaches and the team, the organization, they did their homework, you know, they realized that, hey, this guy could really play. And so it wasn't a surprise to everybody in the organization or anybody that actually did their homework. It just was a surprise to everybody else on the outside because they only get a chance to see what's shown on TV and what's popular, you know. And, you know, Ricky's a great running back. He had a great career. And, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, I fit that system and – you know, we we went out and we put the work in, and these are the results. And what was the second question? So when did when did you find out you were going to be drafted ahead of him? Were you told on the clock that you're going ahead of him, or how, did you know it beforehand? You were you were going to go ahead of him in the draft. The Colts tip you off at all? No, nah, during during the whole process, you know, I um I never knew where I was going to go. You know, I was just happy to be going into the NFL because I knew that once I got to the NFL, you know, that I was going to actually become a great player. That was always my thought process. So it's just a matter of waiting and see where you're going to go. And, you know, right before, during the draft, you know, I guess during the third pick, you know, I get the phone call from the Colts, you know, and everybody was shocked. And, you know, but they had, they, you know, after, you know, after, after the whole process went over, you start putting the pieces together and you just start seeing that, you know, they, they had been snooping around. They had been asking questions, you know, that was unusual. But you really didn't pay no attention because you never thought that they was going to trade Marshall Fall. You never thought that, you know, the draft would turn out the way it turned out. So you really kind of ignored the signs. So that's that's kind of how it played out. And I didn't find out until the, um, until right before the pick. Now, you obviously uh, not only were a great runner, uh, but you had three 60-catch seasons and a couple of 50-catch seasons. How much did you pride yourself on your receiving and how did you become as proficient with it as you became? Never one, you know, it's, it's, part of those, it's part of what it takes to be a great back. You know, so if you want to be a great back, you have to be able to do all three things. And as far as catching the ball, I never wanted to leave the field. You know, if you go back and look at that film, you know, I never wanted to come off the field. If Peyton was out there, I wanted to be out there. You know, and that's one thing that kind of motivated me 
to get more involved in the passing game. I could always catch the ball. You know, that was that came naturally. But to understand that everything that goes into catching the ball on a whole, on another level in the NFL, you know, you had to put in the extra work. So we put in that extra work and took pride in being being the bailout guy. You know, sometimes when the pass is not down the field, the, the running back is you know that's the last that's the last read. And you know, I was fortunate enough to be with a great quarterback that could make it happen. Edge question for you. There's a belief around football that there's a wall for running backs, and we're speaking, by the way, to running back, former running back, Edgerin James of the Indianapolis Colts and Arizona Cardinals. But there's a, a belief that the wall for running backs uh, historically is 29, the age of 29. But you rushed for 1,000 yards at the age of 29 and never again. Eric Dickerson, LaDainian Tomlinson, Jerome Bettis, some of the other backs who rushed for 1,000 at 29, but never again. Is there, in fact, a wall well, for me, I don't think there's a wall because when I was 30 years old, my, that year in Arizona, I was off to my best year in Arizona. You know, but because of the we, because of the personal stuff going on with the staff, you know, unfortunately I wasn't able to play, you know, so they put me on the sideline. And I still ended up leading the team in rushing, and I had an average that was better than the person that I was replaced with. But, you know, it's a lot of stuff that goes into the decisions that are made. And I was well off to – having another 1,000-yard season easily, which would have put me number six, number seven, number eight all time. You know, but unfortunately, things like that happen, and you're not able to, you know, kind of fulfill the obligation. But as far as the, the, the wall, it's all situation. It all depends on the player. And it wasn't – and a lot of times you don't get there because you're hurt. I wasn't injured, and I was – you know, and then it brought me back on during the playoffs. You know, so it's one of those things where, you know, it, it depends on the player, it depends on the situation. And I can't say that 30 is the wall. I'm quite sure that um, the Adrian Peterson is going to prove that 30-year-olds can get get the job done. Frank's going <laughs> to prove that. So, yeah, I, I don't think – I don't believe in that. Yeah, and Curtis Martin led the league in rushing at 31. Exactly. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's all situational. Edge, if you could pick one game to give to the Hall of Fame Selection Committee and say, judge my candidacy on this game, which game in your career would it be and why? I, I really can't say one game because every game is different, and you have, you have to look at the body of work. You have to look at all three phases of the game. You know, and a lot of times, you know, everything's highlighted from a statistical standpoint, but there are a lot of games where you had to get that tough yard, you know, where you had to make that important block, or you had to – be the outlet on catching that pass, you know, so it's, it's hard to just say one game. I just think when, when it comes to me, you can't just judge me off of running the ball. You know, you have to look at everything. You look at how many snaps I played. Look at how much I was on the field. Look at, you know, all the blocking we did. I played in a one-back system where you didn't have a fullback that's going to lead the way, you know, and your tight end, he's always going out as far as a passer. So when it, it's, it's different. So it's it's one of those things where you can't just say one game. I can't I can't personally say one game because I play I try to play every snap and try to play as much as I could. Ed, you're in a kind of a unique situation that uh, you know you're a semifinalist. So was uh, your coach Tony Dungy, Marvin Harrison, Kurt Warner, your four, former teammates. Is it kind of difficult for you in a way to find yourself competing for the same sort of spots with so many friends and, and former teammates uh, on the way to the Hall of Fame? No, it's it's it's, it's one of the things that you embrace. You know, first of all, it's, a, it's an accomplishment at, to just be in the group. But 
once you're playing this game, you're playing a long time, you're always going to have somebody getting, a, getting an award every year, you know. And so you treat it like that. We're all teammates, you know. When you look at Coach Dungey, you look at Marv, you look at Kurt, we're all teammates, you know. It's just a different award that everybody's up against. And when it comes to our position, you know, we play, we play different positions. You know, everybody plays different positions. And, you know, it's one of those things that it doesn't affect each other. Edge, I want to thank you for the time and best of luck with your Hall of Fame candidacy. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, thank Edge. you, Edge. Thanks, Edge. That was former running back Edger and James. Up next, more on the Hall of Fame semifinalists. Talk of Fame Network's brought to you by Proactive, where for $19.95 you get Proactive and a deep rotating cleansing brush valued at $45. It's a good deal. This is better. You get clear and you stay clear or your money back. Just call 1-800-644-9544.